0: Welcome back to Cancer Perspective. Today we're going to look into imaging as we start to form uh, an entry into the world of cancer and how people are diagnosed. So what are imaging tests? Uh, They're a way to see inside the body. Uh, We don't have the capability yet to say, you know, this is exactly what's wrong, this is where the the problem is, and let's fix it. So, in order to look inside the body, most people are familiar with x-rays. X-rays for broken bones, um, those are 2D images, and are oftentimes the initial starting place for a cancer diagnosis. So if somebody has a chronic cough or the cough is getting worse and they present to the doctor's office and then the doctor wants to rule out maybe a pneumonia, an x-ray is an appropriate test to perform. It's cost effective. It's cheap and quick. So a doctor orders a chest x-ray. They go in and they say, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't have pneumonia, but we see these funky little spots on your lungs, and then the process goes from there. When we talk about x-rays, mammograms are x-rays. Mammograms are 2D images, but are considered effective as a screening tool. Ultrasounds or sonography or a sonogram are used To look for tumors in area of the body that don't show well on x-rays, it's a high frequency sound wave that bounces off of other organs and tissues to create echoes. Ultrasound is a good way to tell the difference between fluid-filled cysts from a solid tumor because they make different patterns. These do not use any radiation either and can be done quickly, outpatient, and usually require no special preparation. If you're getting an ultrasound near the lower part of your abdomen, they might ask you to make sure you have a full bladder to help bounce those sound waves off. A type of ultrasound machine is called a Doppler, and they can show the blood flow in vessels. The blood flow from tumors is often different than blood flow in normal tissues. And sometimes a Doppler is effective in finding out if cancer is spread to the liver, pancreas, or blood. The next um, test might be a CT or CAT scan. CT stands for computed tomography. Whereas x-rays focus one broad beam Think of a flashlight with its light turned on, focused on on a large area in your house. A CT scan will take pencil-thin lights, like maybe think of a laser beam, and they'll go in multiple areas to paint a whole picture of the inside of the body. It's a spiral type of machine that works together to develop a 3D image of the inside of the body. It takes a little longer it uh, it costs a lot more um, but can be much more detailed when looking for specific spots or we use it for detecting cancer, monitoring the progress of cancer treatments, and following up to see if cancer has returned. Then there's magnetic resonance imaging. MRIs do not use x-rays therefore they do not use any radiation they use a giant magnet to perform the same type of thing that the ct scans it's a 3d image and so it's important to remember that you can't have anything metal with you when you are being scanned including things like zippers and credit cards credit cards could lose their information just by being in the vicinity of the large magnet some technologists may ask you if you have tattoos. Many tattoos are made with ink that has metallic elements. In being in the with the scanner with tattoos, your skin could be irritated, and your skin could even develop a small burn from the powerful magnet. It actually takes longer, but again, there is no radiation, so there, that is a benefit. With CT scans, you can look at soft tissues and organs Uh, mris are even more specific to look at ligaments and bones and they're preferred for spinal cord or brain and are often used in the process of staging a cancer included in the mri category is mris of the breasts Of course, we've talked about how a mammogram is an X-ray and MRI of their breasts can be much more detailed and offer a lot of information, especially with people who have certain breast conditions. Also in the MRI category are the MRCP, Magnetic Resonance Cholangiopancreatography. That is looking specifically at... Cholangio organs, that's your gallbladder, your pancreas, and even your liver and the ducts that are connected to them. Then there are PET scans or positron emission tomography scan is nuclear medicine using small amounts of radioactive materials called radiotracers or radiopharmaceuticals. A PET scan can evaluate organ and tissue functions and can identify changes at the cellular level by showing colors or how something lights up. And that might be something when you hear somebody say, it lit up like a Christmas tree, which in the case of cancer and PET scans is usually not a great thing. So a PET scan measures how bright or active a cancer might be at the cellular level. You can combine a PET scan with a CT scan to be able to measure more appropriately. And of course, PET CTs are even more expensive, as you can imagine, and sometimes we are limited by how many we are allowed to have per insurance lifetime. Throughout the podcast, you'll find that I am pro-insurance and pro-pharmaceutical companies. Although we have a great healthcare system, there are many limitations that make it high cost and burdensome to jump through hoops at times. We could not afford all the advances in medicine and all the actual medicines that we take in would it not be for health insurance companies? Health insurance companies have to make money, so they have to limit or put regulations on on what scan can be done. And it's a good thing that we have organizations like the National Comprehensive Cancer Network that provides great guidelines that insurances often are eager to follow but sometimes a person doesn't fit exactly into one particular guideline. Then we can send in a, a doctor or an advanced practice provider to discuss with an insurance company why we want to maneuver the, the guidelines just a little bit and why somebody might be able to qualify for a PET scan even though it doesn't show up show as qualifying on their algorithms. We find that most insurance companies are quite flexible when it comes to cancer, but it does take time too, to go through those hoops. If it wasn't for insurance companies, most of our treatments would be cost-prohibited. Same with pharmaceutical companies, as we'll talk when we get further in episodes, our drugs can be very cost-prohibitive, but we find many pharmaceutical companies willing to help uh, find you know, willing to help find ways to make it more affordable for people who are constricted by their insurance plans or uh, funds that they have. So that's just an aside, one of my soapboxes. I know it's not all perfect, but I'm glad we have each of the things the healthcare system the pharmaceutical system the insurance system in the category of nuclear scans that use radioactive material called a tracer that flows through the bloodstream to evaluate bones and organs there is a type of bone scan that shows abnormal areas of damage in the bones or how cancer can spread to the bones there are thyroid scans that use specialized nuclear medicine to assess very specific small gland the MUGA scan or multigated acquisition scan and then gallium can assess bones in specific in assessing bones you can use x-rays as we mentioned the ct scans will assess the bones the MRIs will assess them and give a little more detailed information. But there are bone-specific scans, scans that might show density, scans that might show specific types of lesions. Other exams include endoscopies or scopes. Endoscopy is where a doctor puts a tube-like instrument into the body to look inside. It's got usually a camera on the inside. and. Oftentimes, places where you can, at the same time, look at a concerned spot, you the doctor can either take a sample, remove it, or even um, just uh, do a biopsy. Examples of endoscopies are bronchoscopies, going into the bronchial tubes, colonoscopy that many people have heard of going into the colon cystoscopy going into the bladder, laparoscopy going into the abdomen, laryngealoscopy is going down to the larynx, mediastinoscopy goes into the, uh, the the front part of the lung and chest, thoroscopy a uh, little bit broader, and upper endoscopy does um, from the throat down to the bottom of the belly or um, after the stomach. Um, So each of those procedures have special instructions. Uh, The definite benefit of those is if you're having lung problems, you have a suspicious area, the bronchoscopy can be taken down and biopsied right away. You can do bronchial washings to get good samples of fluid substances around the area and can look at lymph nodes at the same time. It also can treat certain lung problems and, and put stents into airways that are blocked off either by cancer or some other disease. So tests that a provider might recommend may depend on where the tumor is, what type is suspected. Some imaging tests work better on certain parts of the body. The imaging can be dependent on whether or not you need a biopsy or a tissue sample. Your age, your gender, your overall health. We talked about MRIs. They are the longer of the testing experience. Um, Can you lay in one position for a certain length of time? The MRI, uh, you cannot have anything magnetic. If you have a pacemaker, you uh, cannot have an MRI. Um, Nothing magnetic on you or in you. Each individual test that we talked about has its uniqueness. Uh, There's some interesting things about CT scans and the type of dyes that you do. It's a nice warm diet that goes through, and all of a sudden you might feel like you have to pee right there on the table. Oftentimes, with disease in the chest or maybe even in the abdomen, they might ask you to raise your arms above your shoulders and be in that position for a length of time. Do you have any phobias? Can you be in a closed space? Do we need special accommodations for concerns or fears? The balance between any risks and any side effects. Do you have a risk of being allergic to a dye that might be used? What is your personal preference? And the cost does make a difference as well. All of these go into deciding what types of imaging. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the guidelines will help your healthcare team direct you in a way that they recommend and ultimately your decision is up to you. So cancer is a team sport that takes a lot of specialists or ologists to come together and paint the best picture for you. And literally they do come together. They work together in unison. A radiologist and an oncologist will often speak to each other by phone through tumor boards where they bring the images up together, look at it together and say, this is why I see this. Then this is how we think that we were, will proceed with treatments. And the surgeon and the radiation oncologist and the medical oncologist and all other ologists and specialists are together in one room and making informed decisions using real-time information. But sometimes getting those people together also takes just a little bit extra time. A radiologist is an expert in their field, and they're the ones that are going through your scan with a fine-tooth comb, literally looking at hundreds and hundreds of images to get a good picture of what is going on. The slices, as they call them. There is no... Uh, the slices as they call them there is no uh, scalpels involved in getting images but they will call them slices just based on how they are put together uh, on that spiral type of 3D action I think of a spiral ham uh, how those slices are made Uh, those are where the pictures come up the radiologist is very fine-tuned in what they do when when they write their report the report is very inclusive and detailed enough so that the oncologist oftentimes is not actually looking at the actual pictures they're reading the report they are deferring to the specialist who looks at the actual pictures sometimes those images are available to you for you to look at Uh, but when you look inside of any one body you can find things that just are are a bit bizarre take a ct of the chest for instance you can see blood vessels so we have um, blood vessels turn up as black dots uh, a lot of the time sometimes they're white dots but also tumors can look the same. So when you're looking at something that's hazy or, or some dots on there, a, a provider or a layperson that's looking at this may not be able to tell the difference between what is normal and what is abnormal. Unfortunately, a tumor or a lesion has to be large enough for it to be caught on imaging no matter what imaging it is and it takes millions of cells to form approximately one centimeter lesion uh, which is usually what is palpable or or even uh, imageable on a mammogram so any imaging that is done isn't perfect and has their limits They can't identify what exact cell is causing the problems when we're talking about cancer. That's why samples are so important. So you can get CT guided biopsies then uh, where they use the CT scan to focus in and identify what best part of the disease or lymph node can be sampled with a needle. So radiologists do imaging tests, and oftentimes specialists, uh, an interventional radiologist can do CT or ultrasound-guided biopsies, or you might need a surgeon to go in for biopsies. Today's topic has been pretty academic, talking about imaging in, uh, in very general terms, Sometimes you're going to need more than one imaging. Oftentimes you're going to need more than one imaging, one, more than one test, and it can get confusing. And Why is my doctor ordering this? Well, we will kind of touch on that as we go through and get more specific into different types of cancers. And oftentimes this is what is very frustrating for a patient in the beginning on how long the whole process is taking to get down to final nitty-gritty plan of care. Thank you for joining us today on Cancer Perspective, where we gave an overall picture of imaging tests, an overall picture of pictures. And I hope that you will join us next time when we talk more about what they see under the microscope, labs and biopsies, as we get closer to a cancer diagnosis and plan of care. Thanks for joining us today, take care and spread kindness.